Well, welcome back to another episode of the Fish Infinitely podcast. I am super excited to talk about some crazy fish today. These guys are in nearly every single lake and stream and pond. They eat pretty much anything. They could be caught in different seasons on different types of gears. They're not finicky at all and make great beginner fish. Yep, let's talk about some bluegill. The first thing I want to cover is what bait works best and what bait you could even use when you're bluegill fishing. So the first thing that I think of when I do think of bluegill bait is worms. Worms could either come in the form of night crawlers or even some red wigglers. Night crawlers are typically a lot larger and they do end up dying a little bit easier than the red wigglers, but worms just typically work great. You could pinch off whatever size you want to fish for these bluegill and they devour them. The bluegill really seem to like the action that the worm gives off inside the water, so I love fishing with these worms. The struggle with worms though is, especially here in Vegas, it does get super hot and these worms die. When they die, it's impossible to fish with them because they melt off your hook and it's really hard to keep them alive in the heat. So I found that the red wigglers are a little bit more hardy than the night crawlers, but they are smaller in size, which is a good thing because you don't really have to spend your time pinching off different pieces. You could just use a whole red wiggler on your hook and you're set. So these red wigglers are also used as compost worms, which make them super easy to breed at home and it'll give you some compost if you're down for that mission. I haven't done that recently, but when I was little, I had my own composting bin and just having some red wigglers handy if I didn't have time to stop at the store was always a good thing. I love using some night crawlers and red wigglers when I am pond fishing and it's super easy to find shade around ponds because there are usually trees. So they end up living a little bit longer here in Vegas, but I love going out to Floyd Lamb and taking some worms with me. The next type of thing that we could use for bait for these awesome bluegills are some mealworms. Well, these are little grubs that transform into beetles if you leave them long enough. You could feed them like little potatoes if you want to see them transform, but a lot of people call them by different names. So they're mealworms, waxworms, superworms. They're all pretty similar and they kind of look alike. But the mealworms kind of freak me out because they have little legs and little, the these little legs cling onto your finger whenever you are putting them on the hook. So kind of weird, but they make great bait. The fishing derbies that are taking place here at Desert Shores frequently love to give out the mealworms because they do live a little bit longer than the other types of worms because they aren't really worm form. They're more of grubs, so they live better in the heat and they don't die as easy. So if you are spending the day out completely without any refrigeration or any water necessarily, these mealworms are a little bit more hardy than the other bait, but you could use them just the same. The bluegills on a lake or pond with a rocky bottom, in my experience, have had more of a preference to the mealworms rather than the other types of worms, which is something good to know if you're fishing in a rocky lake. When I went to North Carolina, when I was super little to visit my aunt, I was probably around 10 years old, and I had been watching a ton of different YouTube videos and looking up online how I could catch these North Carolina bluegill. Trust me, they're everywhere, and I'm sure they would have eaten any other type of bait, but my main mission when we were out there was to fish with these crickets and make sure that I would learn how to fish with these crickets. So 
based on my experience, what I had learned is that you do need like some sort of cricket cage or cricket little box that you could keep them in, which is most likely sold on Walmart or any other fishing store that you could get bait at. But once you got that little box or container that you're gonna put all your crickets in, you have to go to a pet store, which sells live crickets that people feed to their reptiles like lizards, and just get around a dozen or two dozen to start off with because these guys are funny. They jump everywhere and you have to be careful with what you're keeping them in so they don't escape. And once you put them on the hook, they're gonna be kicking up the surface of the water. Or if you're bottom fishing with crickets, they're gonna be having their last kicks underwater as they drown. But these panfish love crickets. The one thing I did notice is that they do get stuck easily on other things. So they might cling on to different structures on the bottom of the lake and the bluegill can be a little bit hard to find with the crickets. But if you're surface fishing with them, it's super exciting to see them kick around. It's like fly fishing, but with live bait, it doesn't even get better than that. So crickets are another option if you are trying to explore a new bait when you are bluegill fishing. Well, speaking of exploring, when I was little and I participated in a couple fishing derbies that were here in Las Vegas, something that surprised me, which they actually promoted the use of, was corn. Corn fishing for bluegill and other kinds of fish, but specifically these panfish love the corn. Whenever they did run out of the first worms and the mealworms, what the option they gave us was to fish with corn. Well, corn could fish anything like carp, catfish, but I was really surprised when they told me that bluegill actually liked corn. And to my surprise, they actually did. These bluegill ate the corn up and I just put one or two kernels on the hook at once and it was pretty easy to catch. So I love keeping a can of corn now in my car or in my tackle box every time I do go out there because inevitably my bait will run out if it's a good day of fishing. And if I don't wanna go home as soon as the bait runs out, I'll have an entire can of corn to go through which is awesome. This corn doesn't go bad and the fish won't care if it's a little bit out of the expiration date. So just keeping it handy, wherever you go, it won't go bad. Having a can of corn will go a long way. You don't have to really fit the mold of these top baits and you could kind of explore with bluegill. They'll eat a lot of different things like hot dogs, dough bait, Slim Jims, or even other kinds of live insects. You can make dough bait super easily at home with a quick recipe of flour and water. It'll make a quick dough, and if you want to add chunks of something inside that dough bait, you're set. It'll easily wrap around the hook like some power bait. The next thing, like Slim Jims or hot dogs, artificial meat, if you want to call it that, work great. They give out a ton of different oils in the water, which is I don't think it's the best thing for the environment, so I tend to stray away from that, but they end up eating the meat really frequently. And the last thing which I recently used as bait and worked super well was live grasshoppers. Here in Vegas, we had an entire invasion of grasshoppers earlier this year, and the flocks of these swarms, they weren't even flocks, the swarms of grasshoppers exceeded hundreds of thousands. So I'm pretty sure that the local ponds were having their fair share of these grasshoppers landing on the water and the bluegill were eating them for sure. So the night before our fishing trip, I went over to a gas station where all the different grasshoppers were swarming by a light because it was nighttime. And I just got around 20 of them and took them to a local pond and boom, one after the other, these bluegill were eating these grasshoppers like crazy. 
I found out that grasshoppers and other types of insects could be used as bluegill bait, and they ended up loving it. These are super easy to catch, super easy to fish with, and you don't even have to go out there and buy them. You could go scout, scavenge around for your own live bait insects, which makes me wonder if even cockroaches would work. I, I, I wouldn't try that because I'm kind of grossed out, but I'm sure it's an option. So we talked about the bait, but one thing that you do need to keep in mind is what kind of rig and equipment you're gonna need for when you're going out there in bluegill fishing. They are pretty beginner fish to catch, so you don't have to go super fancy with crazy knots, with crazy gear, just the bare simple things are good enough for when you're bluegill fishing. I, my favorite go-to rig is typically a surface rig with a bobber, a small split shot, and a tiny hook that could fit on the nail of your pinky is what measurement I'm gonna give you guys to try out yourself. But having a bobber the size of a golf ball, I like crazy colors like bright orange so I could see the bobber go down when the bluegill eats it. And then a foot or two of leader, which is around two pound line, that works best because you are catching panfish. Nothing's gonna be over two pounds unless you're in a record holding pond, you know, but just two, 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 two pieces of equipment, the hook, the bobber, and then the third one is a tiny little split shot. What's awesome about the split shot is that you could put this little sinker up or down on the line and you could either increase the size of your leader or decrease it depending on the depths that you are fishing with. But that's just if you're gonna be fishing with a surface kind of rig. These rigs are awesome because you could see and sense the bites of the bluegill or other fish that do bite your, your bait because the bobber is going to go underwater or even just swim off. And it's super exciting to track that little orange bobber around the lake as you are fishing and you know when there's another fish on the line. If you are going to explore with some bottom fishing rigs, there are a couple options that you could use, but the simplest option, which I recommend, is just using the exact same surface rig of the bobber, split shot, and small hook, but remove the bobber. You're left with a split shot and a tiny mosquito hook that could fit on your pinky nail. Yep, that's it. Super easy. And whatever bait that we talked about in the first portion of the podcast could be used for both of these rigs and it will most likely catch you a fish. Like I said, these fish could eat pretty much anything and you could use a lot of different equipments to catch them, but there are some specific location tips that will help you hook on to even more on your next fishing trip. So you could either fish them in the ponds, you could fish them in the streams, or if you're targeting them in lakes, it's even a bit different as well. The first thing let's talk about is the different ponds that you can fish them and how you can target them in these tiny little lakes. Ponds are probably the most populated area where these bluegill tend to live just because they're not going anywhere and there's not a room for a ton of huge predators like massive bass unless you're in a pond that holds those bass. But just keeping a concentrated population of these bluegill will make them breed super quickly and most likely your pond is going to have large numbers of them. Whenever you are targeting the ponds, I typically recommend going near a shady spot or somewhere near cover. Here in Vegas, the sun's heat cooks up all the water and so a lot of these different bluegills and panfish are going to be right under where the trees cast their shadows. It's kind of hard during noon, but any other time other than noon, 
there is most likely going to be a shadow around the lake, and I've had my most amount of luck fishing those shadows. Another pro with fishing the shadows is that you're not going to get burnt because you're avoiding the sun as well. So you could catch fish in the shade, and you could avoid sunburn in the shade. If you're lucky in the shady spots where you are fishing, there might even be some logs or some other kinds of cover in that area. So you can easily just throw your bait next to a log, which holds even more fish than the wide open spaces of water. These bluegill tend to hold close to structure just because all the little insects live near there and they could also have hiding spots from the predator fish or birds or turtles or whatever is gonna eat them with all of this structure just because there are smaller nooks and crannies that they could fit into that these other predators won't fit into. So just keep that in mind, fish near some structure and you'll most likely catch some more bait. And the third tip for pond fishing is when they do end up breeding. When it's springtime breeding season, summertime breeding season, these bluegills will congregate, congregate in large amounts of schools. So a giant school will find a little beach that they prefer and there will be tons of different little indents in the sand or rocky bottom which will be breeding grounds for these bluegill. They're gonna be protecting their eggs and their little fry, and you could see them from a long mile away if you're fishing in some clear water. But if you're fishing in some murky water, I recommend wherever you catch one fish, there will most likely be other fish, especially if you are near a bed. These beds are really close to each other and they're really easy to find, so keep an eye out for little holes full of little fish on top of them, and those are bluegill beds. Like I said, you could fish the streams too, which is another type of body of water that these bluegills live in. In streams, they won't be as heavily populated, and you will have to move around, which is something I enjoy. You could either go upstream or downstream and find little pockets where it's a little bit more calm as compared to the other roaring areas of the creek or river or stream, and these pools typically hold the largest amounts of bluegill. Stream bluegill are really strong and feisty because they have to be swimming against the current all this time and really using their brains to, to keep alive. So I love stream fishing for bluegill and you could use all the different baits and bobbers that we spoke about earlier in the streams too. So just look for little pools that are a little bit deeper and places that have less current that are near structure and you should be hooking on when you're stream fishing for bluegill. And then they're also in the lakes as well. The lakes are gonna be a lot bigger than the typical pond, and so it's gonna be hard to find these minuscule fish in a large body of water if you're not looking or you don't know where to look. But trust me, they will most likely be there. Whenever you are bluegill fishing in large lakes, typically go around the shore or around little plants that grow along the shore, and these bluegill will use those plants as structure. And where there's one, there is most likely many in lakes too. It's super fun to go out there to Lake Mead and look around shore for the straggling bluegill that is a little bit too shallow. And when I know that it's a good cove to fish at because I could see one or two bluegill already when I start walking. So keep an eye out whenever you do see a couple bluegill in a cove at a specific lake, that cove is probably heavily populated with the remainder of the family. So there are different seasons where bluegill fishing is great, but my favorite fishing season for bluegill is definitely summer. All my memories of going out to local ponds and lakes and just bluegill fishing in general 
have been in the summer. These fish go super shallow because they are either protecting their fry or just scavenging for these bugs that fall inside the water. So I love sight fishing and summer gives me the opportunity to really see where the bluegill are at and really target them a lot more easily than in the winter where they are kind of hugging the bottom and hugging the shore and they're not as active. So I have fished in the winter before in Pennsylvania and that was the first time I ever fished there, but we ended up catching a ton of different bluegill, a ton of pumpkin seed, and other kinds of panfish like crappie. But just fishing in the summer is a lot more fun, especially if you're going after some bluegill, because they are a lot more active and they will most likely eat your bait a lot easier. If you want to feel these fish, I would prefer the light action rods when compared to the heavy action or medium action. You could feel every little swim with a light action rod and you know exactly when you're getting a bite if you're not using a bobber, if you're using a really light action rod. This is great. You could buy these actual light action rods pretty much anywhere you go fish. And another type of rod you could go, and especially if you're a beginner, this is how I started, was using a bamboo pole or a cane pole. This could be like a telescope kind of rod or it could either be a stick with a line attached to the end. Like I said, these bluegills are super shallow, so no need for casting is necessary because you're not really going to be casting to the middle of the lake, especially in the summer. So having a cane pole or a bamboo pole that is long enough to where your string could just plop on down is super fun. You don't have to worry about casting, you don't have to worry about tangles, just tying a piece of string on the end of these poles is easy enough to catch one after the other, especially if you find some bedding bluegills. And yeah, so I did catch a lot of tiny bluegills as a child and a little bit later on after I had a little bit more experience and I transitioned from just focusing on bluegill, I did target catfish and other kinds of fish which also eat worm. So a crazy story is one day I was fishing with my grandpa at the fishing pier and I was fishing for catfish. He taught me how to put an entire night crawler on a hook to where it won't fall off and I was determined to catch a catfish. To my surprise, my line just started going out and I had a bite. When I was reeling in, a giant two pound bluegill came up and had eaten the entire nightcrawler. That was probably one of the biggest bluegill I caught and it ate an entire nightcrawler. So there aren't necessarily small bluegill. And another huge bluegill that I caught, just to prove that there are large bluegill as well, was at Lake Sahara. I was at a friend's house and we were fishing for bass the whole day and we saw a ton of different bluegills on beds earlier that day. And when we were tired and the sun was setting, we went back to her house and got a piece of ham from the fridge. It was probably like leftover ham from like honey baked ham. It was like Christmas ham. It wasn't even like deli ham. And we just got a chunk of it, put it on a hook, and I skipped it under a dock. And immediately after I skipped it under a dock, a bluegill that was over a pound had eaten that ham. And I was just so excited because it wasn't with any of the traditional bait that I talked about. So I was super pumped. We were kayak fishing and it was one of the things that we'll never forget about bluegill fishing. Super exciting. It had great colors. These fish are super pretty to look at, especially around breeding season when the males do get those crazy little colors on their breasts, like really deep blues or purples. And they're just really fun to catch. Even if they are cookie cutter size and you're catching one after the other that are similar in style, 
you will be surprised at how amazing they do look and how awesome of a fight they give for their specific size. So I hope you guys learned today's lesson of the day, which is to target bluegills when you're going out fishing. They make a great beginner fish. They're super fun to catch, and you could just catch one after the other if you're fishing in lakes, streams, ponds, reservoirs, any kind of body of water. Just no excuses with not catching any fish. Go out there, at least try to catch a bluegill, and I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Remember to fish infinitely, and I hope that this tip was helpful for you to catch or hook onto your first panfish or bluegill using the tactics that I shared with you just now. So thanks for watching. Please subscribe. See you soon.